welcome to the Bali Effect. This is Preeti Tana. This is Dee Dee Perry. What's up, Dee? Girl. It's February. <laughs> it's February already. How did that happen? Uh, it happens fast. January was a uh, year long, and then we got to February. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. No, but it's February, and it's Black History Month. Oh, yes, it is. Look, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. So that's always something to celebrate, although it being 28 days still makes me feel frustrated, I think. Anyway, but it's Black History Month. I feel like every time we start these podcasts, there's one more topic that we move to another podcast. That is an entirely different podcast. And we can have that conversation. We absolutely should. But you know what? My mother just received an award Mm -hmm. for her wonderful... Uh, contributions to her profession. Shout out, mom. Get on the podcast. <laughs> so it was at a Black History Month celebration back home. Congrats to your mom. She teaches, so it was that exciting. must have felt good for her. It, I think so. She smiled a lot. She even teared up. Oh. <laughs> That's a surefire yes. sign. But anyway, other fun things about February. Uh, love. Yes. Valentine's Day. Um, yeah. Arguably my most favorite day. <laughs> You guys can't see me, but that was said with a little sarcasm. <laughs> I was like, really? No, it is not. It is not. What, Do you, Preeti? I don't... You don't like the candy? The I, chocolate? I think it's uh, one of the... Well, it's just one of those things that I think... Well, first, I think love should be celebrated asked, every day. I, I stated that with a bit of sarcasm, too. I know. Because I, I know that Valentine's Day, it's, it's always pretty hard for me so a couple years ago i was uh uh, in bombay for some time and i thought i could escape valentine's day because i thought who in bombay is celebrating valentine's day turns out everyone is and they celebrate it with such enthusiasm so i can't escape it anywhere well it's not that i don't like the candy i've just been super duper single for mm. so many Valentine's days Me too. that after, you know, in some years you, I've done it better than others, but some, the loneliness can, can, can affect me. So I, I certainly, I remember I went to a, to a spin class with a bunch of girlfriends. Have you heard of the whole thing, Galentine's? Yeah, I'm not into that either. Is that terrible? <laughs> I don't know about Why that. Why not? Girl power. What's, what's wrong with it? I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's sort of, uh, I, listen, I'm all for girl power, and I am so thankful for all of my girlfriends because they are really fundamentally my rock, right? Um, and love is wherever you find love and find um, acceptance and commitment either, you know, through a relationship or anything else. That's amazing. So I don't have any issue, but I have the issue with celebrating. So now Galentine's feels like, okay, let's do something because we don't have a boyfriend. Or a girlfriend. Or a girlfriend, right? right? We don't have a significant other. Mm -hmm. So it seems forced in some way. Well, listen, we're here in New York, so I'm going to keep it real. Valentine's Day can suck because dating in this town is really hard. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing. Every Valentine's Day, I think of something that I can do that is super great. You know, one Valentine's Day, I went and volunteered at a homeless shelter. Oh, and I, I, I just, look at you. Okay, let's not, I mean, I had been going there for a while, like mm-hmm. week after week, and I thought, this will, A, help me feel good about helping others, mm-hmm. and there will be no sign of Valentine's Day. Well, uh, it was me and eight couples. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, by the time I got there, all the couples had been tasked with uh, a specific thing. So we had a couple chopping vegetables and they were in the corner, you know, lovey-dovey. So Mm -hmm. I got there late. So they said, well, can you write out 300 Valentines to all of the uh, folks in the shelter? So 
It was everywhere. You can't, you cannot get away from it. And, you know, I kind of got into it. I'd be like, happy Valentine's Day, XOXO. You know, it's kind of, I think, I think the point is, um, if you, if it's not so much about being single and again, focusing on love and wherever that is, that seems to be, I guess, a better path. I have no uh, real good things to say. I have no uh, sort of smart things to say about love. Okay, I rebuke that in, in the <laughs> name of Jesus because you're about, one of the about, most wise people that I know. About relationships, maybe. You have, get, no, as many times as you have walked me off the edge on this topic, no, stop uh, that negative self-talk. You those, have wonderful things to say. can't do teach, is that the... Stop, stop, you're beating yourself up. Okay, stop it. Put, okay. I'm going to put a pin in it, all right. please. Okay, fine. But since Valentine's Day is upon us mm-hmm. and... We can't just find a corner of the world where it is not acknowledged. We might as well acknowledge it here on the Bali Effect. So here we are today to learn. And listen, we life is a journey. I am going to wax exponentially. No, I'm not. But life is a journey, and you learn along the way. If any of us had all the answers when they spanked our booties, when we got out, you know, into into the the hospital, listen, it wouldn't be a fun ride. So we are learning in all areas of life. We're learning in the areas of relationship. We're learning in the areas of love. And I think that sometimes it's best to learn from those who are doing some of the things that you are curious about. Mm. So I am thrilled that we are joined mm-hmm. by some amazing, this is the biggest crew that we've ever had on the Bali Effect to, to date. So thank you all. If you can just give a quick what's up um, so that the people in our listening audience can see that the house is packed on three. One, two, three. What's up? <laughs> oh, all right. We're going to have to work on it. It's an early Saturday morning. <laughs> They're in awe of our banter. Listen. They can't get over it. That's it's okay. So, it was so good. It was so good. You know what? We have You know, we have two couples here today, and they're going to teach us everything we need to know. You Who's think? in the house? Yes, I hope so. I'm, here, I'm just here to take notes. Like, after after this, I'm we're turning it over to you guys, because y'all are the experts. Both of our couples are married. They've been married for different amounts of time. And, you know, I see the downside of have people, you know, saying, oh, marriage isn't a big deal. It's just a piece of paper. And I, I think that if it really was not of any consequence, that people historically would not have had to fight for it. You know, in this country, there's history of, of people who were formerly enslaved not being allowed to marry. There's people, same loving pe- same gender-loving people not being allowed to marry. If it wasn't such a big idea, why, why would it you know, be something that you have to start movements over and right. fight for? Anyway. Is but, it marriage or love that they're fighting for? We well, should ask them. Question. Let's ask. I, I don't know. Let's, let's turn it over to them. I mean, you want to make it official? I'll Put a ring on it. Beyonce sings about it. It's important. It's important. It's true. Uh, well, first up, we've got Dr. Amit Patel, Martin Fulton. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. What's up? Good morning. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You want to give a little brief history of your love? Sure. Um, we got married last year. Yeah. But we have been together. Uh, for nine years. Whoa. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right? That perked up some ears. Um. <laughs> no, Martin's still like, I don't know how this is going to go. Let's see. Yeah. 
Oh, cool. So newlyweds, and then yes. we also have Bob and Ray. Bob and Ray with us. Give us a little background. Well, we've been married for 46 years as Whoa. of uh, December 17, 16. 16. 16. Wow. 16. And uh, we lived together for three, three, three years. years prior to that. So You guys look great. I know. And um, we met in the Berkeley in the 60s. Oh, okay. Tell us how you met. Tell us how you met. Like the moment you met. <laughs> well, I originally met Rose Ray mm-hmm. through her husband at the time. Okay. Interesting and detail. Let me start off with scandal. He and I were... Uh, starting a magazine at University of California at Berkeley for undergraduates in sociology. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, he introduced me to Rose. Mm -hmm. They invited me over for dinner, as I recall. And I was married at that time to another person. And we had a child. And uh, so Rose, at some point, was asked to babysit for our child. And that, I guess, that was the first time we actually met, was when you came over to babysit for my son at that point. Um, yes, I was, I was already there babysitting, and you came in to get something. He came in to get something, and, and that's how we met. Okay. Rose, so. did you, for you, was it love at first sight in that equation? Not at that moment. He seemed kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, for our listeners, I can't imagine that. You, you're a very handsome fellow, Bob. So what was the moment for you, Rose, when you realized that you were in love? Oh, it was a couple of years later. Oh, all right. Things growing in time. All right. I want to throw the question over to Martin. Same question. When was the moment that you realized that you were in love? Um, I we, so I was going to college at University of Michigan in um, in Michigan, and I came here to <clears throat> uh, kind of meet Amit for the first time. And um, I was here in New York for five days, and it was at some point in that time frame of us just like running around the city. It was March of uh, 2011 and it was at some point that um, during that moment or during that time period that I was like oh, okay this is something different that I haven't ever experienced before and <clears throat> the moment that really solidified it was when I flew was getting ready to fly back to Michigan I'm not very emotive and I'm not very emotional about anything <clears throat> but I was crying because I was leaving him and I never had that um, emotion or reaction to anybody before I was always just like Deuces! I'll see you when. I <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Wait, did you know? Like, were you crying? And in that moment, mm-hmm. did you say something, or is it sort of like crying on the, on the plane? plane. Right. That's what I do. I'm like, no, oh, I, mean, I did like him. He walked like we. He walked me as far as he could, and then like the last hug is when I started crying, and I just was like, "Ugh, this sucks." Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
That's like a love actually moment. You know, on, the, on our last week's podcast, I'm talked about you know how long they were together prior and and this mm-hmm. same meeting in New York City. So it's so cool to get your perspective on it. He said the same thing, by the way, just in case. Cool. <laughs> just in case you want to, I mean, you want to talk to us a little bit about that moment too. Yeah, and it was the same uh, time period was when Martin came to visit in March, uh, because we had been just talking and, you know, Skyping, isn't, I don't know if anyone even Skypes anymore, but, <laughs> Some <I> people do. <laughs> <laughs> um, for about four and a half months. Yeah. Um, and we actually first started talking in December too, right around your anniversary. Oh, wow. Um, isn't that weird? That is yeah, weird. Yeah, December 18th. Well, not 46 oh. years ago. No. <laughs> Date-wise. Um, so it was when I was picking Martin up from the airport, um, and he was waiting in the passenger pickup area, so I walked up uh, behind him and recognized him, of course, and gave him a big hug. And that was that was a different connection, right. you know? We right. hug, we show affection, but this that connection instantaneously where it was just comfort. And yeah. I just felt at ease, and it was like, all right, same. I said, wow, this is something completely different. So what's interesting, Bob and Ray, is that you guys had a little bit of a different – I mean, we didn't actually ask you, Bob, what was your first feeling when you saw Ray? Did we – I mean, it was it the same type of feeling of I know this is different? Because she said that you seemed scary. Yeah. Well, she remembers things about <laughs> our first encounter that I don't even remember. I mean, I can't even picture that incident. Right. And uh, so I can't comment about that. But um, the story, the, the whole plot thickens considerably because what actually happened is uh, her husband invited me to move in with them into a new home they were purchasing, and it was going to be a commune. This was two years later, after the first meeting. Whoa. And this was the 60s, folks. It was the 60s. And at that point, I had absolutely no uh, romantic interest in Rose. She was married. Sure. Wait, you were invited to move into the company with your wife and kid? No, with my kid, not my wife. By that point, I had divorced my first wife. Got it. Okay. But I had custody of of our son. And so I was invited to move in, and I did because it was, you know, it was just, I was living alone with my son. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like a good idea to, uh, you know, merge two families, right. so to speak. And uh, at that time, she had two children about the same age as my son. So that seemed to be make some sense. And we uh, moved in. And what became immediately apparent to me was that uh, her husband was not really part of the unit. He was never home. He wasn't there at mealtimes when we were... So we were um, forming a a little family, but he was not part of that. Martin, what do you guys think of this? Like At this particular juncture, what are you thinking about this story? Because I feel as though, you know, back then it seemed like 
a normal thing. I think if that story were told differently today or told today, it would be scandalous. Okay, not normal, but because of the commune aspect of it, right? No? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was, at that time, it certainly was less abnormal. Right, sure. um, Especially in Berkeley and especially in the 60s. And uh, so after a few months of, you know, the, well, there was uh, four of them and two of us, six of us, living together. Her husband suddenly said, "This, I'm, I'm out. I'm leaving. This is the end for me." We were, we didn't see this coming, did we? I didn't. Uh, I, you so know, y'all weren't playing footsie at the dinner table, the two of you. No, interesting. Hmm. No. And I had girlfriends at the time who'd come over and everything, and it was, you know, the at that point there it wasn't a, uh, a romantic uh, relationship, right? And so he did. He just almost immediately moved out. In fact, I don't think he really came back after he he announced this by telephone, as I recall. Um, yes, he'd gone to visit his parents and then called us from San Diego. Said he wasn't coming back. So we, you know, we we were quite, you know, shocked and uh, mystified as to what was going on. And he never really fully explained uh, his reasoning or what his problem was or complaint or anything like that. And uh, there was a period of time when he asked that I move out of the house during the divorce. Yes. Which I did, and uh, found a place to live for about a few months. Six months, maybe. Yeah. And that was an interesting experience. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I want to pause right here because I have have a general question for everyone. First of all, we should have you guys back because there's so much that we can <laughs> get into. Lot. I yes. think the rest of us at the table are like, whoa, and I'm like, Ray, I what was going through more. your mind? <laughs> yes. You guys, you're explaining the story so calmly, and it's been a long time. So, um, you know, I just, uh, you guys have, have you guys ever heard of the Love Lab? I'm going to switch directions for a little bit because I wanted to get Mm-mm. to, no? No. So no. the Love Lab, um, it's the world's original couples laboratory. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, or if you've read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, he kind of talks about it in the beginning of the book. But it was opened in 1986 at the University of Washington by Dr. John Gottman of the Gottman Institute. And the premise of this lab is basically they can figure out, using different data points, um, if a marriage will be successful in one sitting. So they state through groundbreaking mathematical models integrating nonlinear differential equations, we can reliably predict and chart the future course of a relationship. Everyone's like, well, Amit Martin, Martin, if if before you guys uh, were getting married, if someone offered you the experience to be in the love lab, lab, would you have done it? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't need a math equation to tell me if my marriage is going to be successful. Ooh. Mm. Then what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. The mic just dropped. (laughs) What told you that your marriage was going to be successful? I mean, part of it for us was that, um, you know, we've been together 
uh, almost 10 years at this point, but we were long distance because of my undergraduate um, studies for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I, I just thought to myself, like, if we can make it through that, um, then we can really kind of make it through anything because I lived upstate and Amit lived here. So we were six and a half to seven hours away and I would drive down a couple times a month, but it was 320 miles one way. Ooh. And I would basically drive down to be able to spend like 12 to 18 hours with him and then turn around and go back. Oh, that, that is love. So, and that was <laughs> four and a half years. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> it was just, that was kind of it. I think I kind of just Don't knew at that point. Go. I know. Well, what about you, Ahmed? I think, you know, for me, what, why I knew that our marriage would be successful was, of course, the long distance. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, being in New York for so long, you don't even want to date someone in another borough. <laughs> 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 you're like, I'm not crossing a bridge. Like, like Queens. No. Right. <laughs> that so. is long distance. We're talking about. Brooklyn, maybe. Queens, no. So that, for me, spoke volumes that he would do that. He was working full-time. He was going to school full-time and then would make time for our relationship. Right. And then I think even more, um, and we talked about this uh, in the last podcast, so if you haven't subscribed and listened to it, you should. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, he's stuck with me uh, through yeah. my coming out. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't out to my family when we got together. And his family and he stood by my side through all of that. And, you know, that's when I, that even more for me was like, okay, like, I don't, I, I don't need to know anything else. Right. right. So, so it definitely sounds like you guys got tested, uh, battle tested, and it made y'all stronger. Now, what I have heard as a person who has never been married, that even when you're together, like I know so many people um, who dated a long time, even lived together a long time, the minute that ring goes on those fingers, some changes. I mean, people, I, I literally have known folks who have had long, long relationships, get married, and the relationship falls apart because now you are married. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask, so y'all still got the, the glow because y'all are still newlyweds? <laughs> and that's great. May it cover you for the next 50 years. It's good skin care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to Bob and Ray, can I ask, once... The love did happen, and you realize you're in love. When you folks got married, did the relationship change? I didn't see a um, abrupt change of any kind. Of course, as time goes on, the relationships grow and change and deepen. Uh, to me, what was more significant uh, in terms of saying we're together happened guess about a year and a half before we got married um we made a joint bank account and put our to me that was putting our fate together mm-hmm mm -hmm. oh yeah and they say that money oh, is so one of the the reasons why a lot of couples really struggle and and break up now i'm i'm only going on you know wives tales so what do i know and oprah well her <laughs> of course of course auntie oprah well no, no, that's fine. So the money, you put the money together, and that was when you thought it was, I mean, that's such an interesting, to me, point of inflection. 
in the interim, uh, we Rose uh, received her PhD uh, about two years into when we were living together and then got a job in Evanston, Illinois at Northwestern University. Mm-hmm. And I was working in Berkeley as a newspaper reporter. And it was a job I loved. So I had to make a decision at that point. Mm-hmm. It was a big life decision for me because uh, I had nothing going on in uh, Evanston, Illinois. Right. And so uh, it turned out for me not to be that, once I started thinking about Mm -hmm. the decision, it wasn't that difficult to make. I immediately decided, okay, if she's moving with the kids, I'm moving. And that was it. And uh, I think that sort of told me how I felt about her. Mm -hmm. And uh, we moved to, you know, to Evanston. Uh, we had a big house there that the university more or less furnished for us. And uh, it was, I guess, at that point that we, things started moving a little bit faster in terms of toward marriage and toward blending our, our lives. Uh, up until that point, we were still reeling from what had happened with Ray's husband. But you were a couple when you decided to move. Were you a couple when you decided to move? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I that. That's just I, I, the guy who's it. always at dinner. He's going to move to Illinois with us. You, you know, at that time, uh, I don't know that we thought in those terms quite exactly. I mean, we were living together. We had three kids in the household. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a, certainly had a relationship, but it was undefined. So the whole I don't like to use labels thing is not just our generation. Speaks <laughs> <laughs> that that's not, not a New York thing. I no, but um, I, you know it's funny you say that. Where I was kind of going was right. You know, she didn't actually say what are we. You know. Right, she's like she's like yeah. I'm going to get my I'm out. You're it in wasn't that I'm formal. Going. Yeah, right, we didn't have we didn't feel the need to 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 somehow define it in, in, in any specific way, but it was pretty clear. Mm-hmm. I was moving uh, with my son to to be with her and her children, and that was it. And uh, we. Uh, then lived in Evanston for at least a year, I guess, before we decided to get married. And the only reason we actually got married, I think, at least the only reason I got married was because it seemed like my parents wanted me to do that. Mm-hmm. They, they loved Rose. Uh, they got, you know, they just, they, they thought, you know, she's a great woman, great person, and very solid, and uh, and I think they were uncomfortable with us not being living together, but not being married. And Some so it was in my mind that was a big a big factor. I don't know how, if you felt that way. Um, for me, I could s- <laughs> see that it was going to be better for the children that they would feel safer if we were married and feel 
the solidity of the family. So that's why I asked you to marry me. You asked oh. him. <laughs> I love. I love how she made that slid that in there. And P.S. That's I asked why. you. That is why. <laughs> okay. Okay. So he said yes right away. Excellent. I love it. Was and this is a question for everybody here. Has there been a moment when you have realized, actually, I didn't marry the person that I thought I did, or the person who not is that sitting dramatic? A, I would say. Well, I mean, not. But whoa, I'm. This is this. I did not know this about you, and and I've learned something that is so significant that is making me have to adjust my expectations for what we are going to be moving forward. I want Martin mm-hmm. to answer that one first. Okay. Um, The short answer is no. Um, I mean, I think because we were together for so long, there wasn't really anything else that we needed or could have actually learned about each other. Um, Because before we got married, we were together eight years, and we had lived together four of them. So... So nothing like, oh my gosh, the socks are all over the... Nothing nothing silly, nothing like that. No, there just wasn't really... Anything. I think we're both very similar in the in the way that we live, mm-hmm. like the way that we actually functionally live in our in our space. Um, so it's not. There wasn't a lot of adjustment period there. Yeah, I mean, I think you know we always talk about when we did get married that everyone asked us, you know, well, you different? guys have been together for so long, you know, you you finally got married. How does it feel? And we said. The same. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like we left our house one day, went at our ceremonies, got married, had a big party. It's a great party. And then came back <laughs> home and we were like, okay, Monday's work. Like, <laughs> it's just regular life for us. So, you know, it didn't feel like it was something that was going to change our lives dramatically or significantly because we, I guess, by that point, we... We felt like, you know, we were already married, that, right. that that was normal life for us. Yeah. I mean, I got a new piece of jewelry, but that was it. <laughs> but that happened all, all the time. Right. <laughs> okay. That wasn't that just it. All right, Bob and Ray. Same question. Was there ever a moment when you felt, wait a minute, this isn't the person who I thought I married? Hmm. Um, not exactly, but there, there was a period w- af- after we married, but we're still in Illinois, that um, Bob wasn't happy, and I hadn't seen him not be happy for the, the three years we'd been together, and I didn't th- think in the way you're describing it, this is somebody I, not the guy I thought I married, but I worried, did I do something wrong by bringing him to Illinois with me? Was, mm. it, was it not fair to him is what I thought. Mm. How did you guys get through that? Time passed. I'm. I didn't. I worried about him, but I didn't really have a discussion with him about that. I think that um, one of the things that the dating process um, it it allows an opportunity to get to know someone, but at the same time, you can put forward a you know a certain perspective, and you can also hide a certain side. And I think being in relationship. And, you know, experiencing intimacy, it actually teaches you things about yourself that you might not have even known. 
Um, and I, I wonder, has being in your relationships taught you about yourselves? What have you learned about you as a result of being married? Anybody can jump in and answer that one. Well, first of all, I think an assumption is being made here that uh, a person is who they are throughout their entire life. And I, I think what I've seen over almost 50 years uh, interacting with Rose is that she was like uh, the caterpillar mm. who has gradually morphed over time. I've seen many, many changes and many uh, much growth, much change, uh, different ways of re uh, relating to other people outside our marriage and uh, my family, her relationship to my family, um, and the way she just uh, looks at the world and that has not changed it's been a constant mm. evolution evolution I would say yeah, yeah that's a good word for it um, so I always say that you know I a lot of times I don't feel I know her I don't know who she's going to be tomorrow she surprises me with things and with attitudes and thoughts and ideas and behavior uh, that I wasn't expecting. And I think that's, uh, that's part of the reality of uh, relationships with all human beings. And, you know, there's certain traits that we can tolerate in our friends um, because we don't live with them. And other traits that we can't tolerate in our friends, and, and we have to make a decision, are we going to continue to be friends or not? And with a marriage, it's a much uh, broader commitment, and it's a big commitment, and of course, uh, it's a commitment that uh, is breakable. You can end a marriage, mm -hmm. and what is it, roughly half of them do? A little more these days, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, our feeling has always been that uh, there's nothing that really is going to break our relationship because uh, we're going to work through it. We're going to see what the where the friction points are and try to work those out. Ask each other what how important is this issue to you, mm -hmm. and then you weigh your own uh, sense of the importance of that particular issue, and then you you have to make a decision. But, you know, and I'm not going to say we haven't gone through some tough times. We have. Yeah. Very tough times. But we got through them by recognizing that this is, this is the way it is. This yeah. is... There is no perfect uh, human being, and there's no perfect marriage, uh, but you can still work stuff out. Yeah, and that's I think. I, I I actually would love everyone to answer that. That's 
there's so many things in that. Beautifully. I know. Stated. I feel like we should end the podcast right there. But I want other people to answer, to kind of go through Dee's question too. You know, um, were there things about yourself that you discovered through this marriage and relationship that maybe you didn't realize before? And also maybe jumping on what Bob was saying, which I think is thank you for alerting me to that. It's so important to understand that you are still going to change as you are in the relationship. And so having the room to become somebody else and still having your partner, that is so, so tremendously important. So, yeah, what Preeti just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything? I, I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, it sounds cliche, but I think before I met Martin, I really didn't know myself as an individual. Mm. Um, there was lots of confusion and, you know, I had only one path and direction that I knew I was going to follow in life and that was my career, but everything else was kind of chaos. Right. And it was only then that, you know, I was able to really grow into, I feel like, you know, the comfortable person that I am and feel comfortable in my own skin and and I started having self-confidence because he started having confidence in me and and he pushed me to think about life and situations and friends and relationships in a completely different way and that's how I felt like wow I never looked at things this way and I never looked at someone this way or I never looked at uh, a part of my life you know the way now I feel like I should have so it's that constant challenge that I think he still makes me go through Mm -hmm. when you know we have certain life situations or anything that you know we need to communicate about it's always okay I need to take a step back and, and look at things a little differently. Look at it from his point of view, too. Right. And, it, you know, with like what Bob was saying with decisions and life, I, I started thinking about every decision, not just about myself, but, okay, how's it going to affect him? How's it going to affect his family, et cetera? You know what um, I love about that sentiment is that as someone who maybe mostly is single, we hear, you know, at being single, you hear a lot about, you know, find yourself first and you don't need anyone else. And I, I, I always kind of stop and pause on that because to me, others bring out things in you and mm-hmm. the best in you and, and all those things. So I love that on it because I don't know, it feels a little less like I have to be this certain person and that right. I've had to figure it all out before that other person comes into my life, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I I'm feeling so better about per- it. Yeah. You have permission. To, <laughs> I can be a complete mess. To be whatever, <laughs> and whoever comes along will also be a mess I in know. their own way. And you can help to grow one another. Martin, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I agree with with what Amit said, but um, you know, I had never had a serious relationship before. I've had longer really like long relationships, not as long as Amit and I have been together, but. Um, I've had long relationships before that I didn't have the support and I didn't have the constant encouragement and the you can do it. Mm. Um, 
verbiage behind me, no matter what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, you know, I had that from my family, but because I wasn't uh, out to my family at that point, there was a lot of my life that they didn't know about. Um, So I couldn't talk to them about that kind of stuff. So I was relying on you know, the, the guy that I was dating who was much older than I was, and he was very um, the opposite of the man that I married. Mm. So, um, you know, just just when we met and just having that consistent, you can do it, you can achieve it, like, uh, you know, I, I believe in you. Whatever you want to do, if you want to be a barista for the rest of your life, I support that. If you want to... Um, if you want to, uh, you know, go to grad school, which I ended up doing, you can do that. I believe in you, and and uh, it's it changes. It changed the perspective that I had for myself, and it changed the goals that I had for myself, and it changed um, my outlook on the future to a much more positive one, which was very, um, I think, a very important part of my life that I didn't know was missing. Love and hope are first cousins. So that's great. Ray, how about you? Well, I guess I've always <clears throat> seemed felt like I had a pretty strong sense of myself and I was kind of a little bit odd one out in in my generation in that I was always interested in having a a career and and working and even when I was in graduate school, I would get you know, questions from friends and family. Well, what if your husband doesn't want you to do that? When mm-hmm. Always the uh, implicit idea that the, the husband should have control over that, and I wasn't having any of that. And oh, that was yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one of the things that made... Bob's so wonderful for me is he was just always supportive of who I wanted to be and helped me to develop. So I I didn't feel it as any kind of abrupt uh, epiphany, but being with Bob has really helped me to grow in the way I wanted to. I love it. So I I am going to reference um, uh, the grid doctor, Phil. (laughs) <laughs> he, he has because I'm, I'm hearing a lot about you know just the the core fundamental things that have really helped you to blossom in your marriages and in your relationships and he has this analogy that relationships are like a chair have you heard mm-hmm. this before Mm-mm. so a chair has four pillars and they all have to be in place for a relationship to be secure pillar number one mutual trust and respect If that's not there, forget it. It's just not Mm -hmm. going to work. Pillar number two. There has to be common goals for the future. Mm -hmm. Like if you aren't generally Mm -hmm. heading in similar directions, however you want to define that, you're going to have trouble. Pillar number three. Shared values. You have to have shared values. Whatever your value system is, Some of that really does need to align or else you're going to have problems. And then pillar number four is intimacy. But he says that out of all three of those legs, intimacy is the one that can evolve out of the other three. Mm 
But the other three do not evolve out of intimacy. You don't get respect because you have intimacy, but you can get intimacy out of shared goals, shared values, goals of the future. So he said, if just three of those are in place, you put any kind of pressure or weight on it and it will collapse. But if you've got all of them there, you've got some you know, a firm foundation that you really can lean into over time. I'll give Dr. Phil this one. So yeah, that yeah. sounds about right to me. Well, that's from the single person. I want to hear from the married folks. Not discounting <laughs> your perspective, there my dear. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think, what, what, do you, what do you guys think about that? I think it's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we first met, I think one of the um, connections that we had immediately was even though we are about, 10 years apart in age and um, interfaith and interracial as well. And when we met, we were really at very different points in our lives. I was still an undergrad and he was just finishing up his fellowship for oncology. So, you know, even um, professionally, we were in very different places in our lives. But our, um, our value system and our morals were the same. Right. And that was one of the connections that we've always had was that we you know value our families and and we want to have a family and um you know we just have the same kind of uh value system and uh moral compass that uh the other one does so that's super helpful so the, so the difference in religion and the difference in culture and the difference in age and the difference in profession didn't really come up it didn't matter it didn't it has never created an issue between us in almost 10 years where you think that maybe those huge differences could mm-hmm. possibly create um, some strife, but it never has. Yeah. And I think it's because we're locked in absolutely morally. And you know, yeah. that, that yeah. what you said about those four pillars is, you know, <laughs> you also have to remember that there's always going to be outside forces. Right. right. Speak on that. So, you know, we... <laughs> We we went through that with our relationship because, you know, in the beginning, people were like, well, why are you guys together? What do you have in common? Like, you're still, Martin's still an undergrad, and you're finishing up your training. You're about to start your practice. You know, you guys are 10 years apart in age, like maturity level, all sorts of outside forces from from that, all different groups of people. All different no, groups no, of people. No, they all were centered from his friend group. I well, I was from his yeah. friend group. You know, yeah, Preeti and I have talked about this yeah. before, so she knows exactly how I feel about this. But so yeah, I mean, I, he went through the ringer with yeah. a lot of my friends. Preeti, why did you do that to him? He's a nice man. <laughs> because uh, a lot of my friends were, you Indian. know, they're they're my age, and mm-hmm. you know, it, at the end of their training or whatever they were doing career-wise, and all of a the sudden they were kind of like, you know, why? How? How are you guys together? Like, he, people thought he was with me for certain reasons, you know, like financially or whatever. Um, so you know, those outside forces, if you don't have that foundation Foundation, Mm -hmm. right it can rack you and it took a toll because they really tried they really tried to 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 break us up they really did and you know that is uh something for me that i have never told him like you can or cannot be friends with this person or that person and i still to this day never have i always have told him if you still want to be friends with those 
low down people do it. <laughs> just, they ain't worth nothing, just, but that's your choice. Just don't bring them around me. Um, but I do want to just point out a very important mm. point is that all of those people that were saying those things are still single. Ooh! Oh. The shame! Martin just threw it down. Make sure you send them this episode. <laughs> You said it. Whoa. No, but <laughs> and no, that's the best. They're no that's longer great. my friends. Well, wow. yeah. Because by your own choice, by your own choice, by not, my own choice. Right. Because again, you know, you grow as a couple. You realize that okay, these were my friends that I thought were my close friends before Martin entered my life, and why aren't they supporting it? If I'm saying this is who I'm going to marry and who I'm going to be with. Why, why are you challenging that? Yeah, and I know cool. friends challenge you and they ask, you know, questions and they're your friends. But at the end of the day, you also support each other. So if your friend comes to you and says, you know, this is the career I'm going to go for. or This is the person I'm going to be with or this is where I want to move to or I want to not work for six months and do this or whatnot. Okay. We support I you. Think, I think that's one of the most beautiful things for me about getting older. We all know I don't actually like it in many ways, but the the emotional part of understanding the difference on who you allow in your space and, you know, understanding that some of those people wasn't really about you and Martin, you know, it was about them. Right. And so yeah. that, that the, that's been such a glorious... And we talk about that. Yeah. That, you know, it wasn't really... It wasn't them. Yeah. It wasn't us. They were, you know, it comes from jealousy. It comes from whatever it is that. Well, I want to, in defense of the, the former <laughs> friends who are not here to defend themselves and their position, people speak from their experience. They speak from what they know. And there's a whole lot of, I mean, if you go on the apps like, uh, well, I know I have. They are asking you to, you know, pitch yourselves to prospective partners and the criteria that you are asked to summon and identify are lots of things in common, you know, proverbially. Right. You got to have all these things in common for the relationship to work. And what I haven't heard anybody really say is that, well, we both love fly fishing so much, and that's how we knew that it was going <laughs> to last. It's quite the you know, fly fishing crew that we have here. Right. But, no, I, I would like our, our more seasoned uh, folk, our guests of honor, to speak to what about having things in common? Is that something that is truly, truly essential because some it truly it's it's a concern that friends and I speak about if if our lifestyles are so different and you know we come from such different backgrounds is it possibly going to Ugh, potentially work I just in have the to say term? I think that's all dating app propaganda but anyway yeah. answer that question no. it's a multi-billion dollar business <laughs> they're very effective messengers <laughs> I this, think it is dating app propaganda okay <laughs> all right speak on yeah. that all right. if anything I think the opposite is probably true Ooh, and that so is true. You you have to live your life the way you like to live it. it, it it's not important uh, to be together constantly. Mm. And in fact, uh, I often tell people when they ask me, you know, how did, how 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 have you you and Rose been able to live together so long? <laughs> well, by by not being together all that constantly. Right. Rose works very hard. Uh, through most of her career, she was working. What fourteen-hour days? Uh, she had about an hour and a half commute, and um, I loved uh, world travel, and I did a lot of trips uh, throughout our marriage. 
alone. And she was fine with that. There was not a problem. And uh, the other thing we we did that, that I always thought was, was very helpful was uh, we took a lot of trips on a motorcycle uh, together. And one of the nice things about motorcycle travel is you can't talk while you're driving. <laughs> and if you can't talk, you can't argue. <laughs> but you got to have hug. you guys back. What? You can hug. You can oh. hug. For like hours. How literally hours. Ooh. And so you're together, but there's the, fr- the friction is gone. There's no possibility, you know, and uh, there's a lot of, you know, yeah. hand gestures as far as trying to communicate where we're going and that type of thing. Yeah. But other than that, you're not constantly uh, engaged with one another. I would say uh, lately... Rosa and I, in the last maybe five or ten years, we've spent a lot more time talking to each other. And we share all our ideas. And we've developed a system where we, where we, um, we have something we call QC. Does anyone know what QCing is? Quality control. Quality control. Ooh, good one, And, um, It's part of the way we communicate with other people because a lot of our communications are communications that are engendered by friction and conflict and anger. So if I'm going to write an angry letter to somebody else, I run it by Rose invariably. It has to go by her and her eagle eye and her good judgment, and she will tell me what how this sounds to her and it really works it it prevents a lot of problems from ex- getting exacerbated from um, you know reacting in the moment and then being and then regretting what the way in which you put something because there's always a, a, a somewhat better way so that that's something that can apply to a lot of aspects of life is have the run the idea by the other person, mm. and this is where mm-hmm. marriage comes in handy. <laughs> well, th- we need a part two of this. Yes. Episode. Well, I'm glad that you bring up this issue of conflict because I think that rom coms have really been, and somebody else told me this, like they've been as destructive in terms of creating unrealistic expectations for people and about relationships as porn has for people about like sex, and. Because the, the, those things make you think that conflict is bad, you know, disagreements in your relationship aren't really, you know, realistic, and, and you can just get through them easy peasy, and that truly the good relationship is one that is conflict-free. What is your perspective? Not necessarily conflicts, but like disagreements, hard times. Those don't come up in the movies too much, no. just like once, and then they fix it, and then the happily ever after. But what is your take on how difficulty um, ought be approached in a relationship, or, and is it fruitful? Can um, it be? I, I mean, I <clears throat> I think that uh, conflict is, or you know, difference differences in opinion um, are healthy and good because you keep challenging each other and you keep. Um, allowing the other person to allow you to open up your mind and open up your spirit and your heart to different 
perspectives and different things that are happening in the world because we all live we all live our lives but we all live our lives differently even if we are intrinsically linked or our souls are linked or mirror images of each other or whatever we still have different experiences we can experience the same thing and and digest it differently mm -hmm. so i think that that's something that's really important but from my perspective with Amit, um, you know, we, we've had tough times and, and we've had disagreements and things, but at the end of the day, we're, we're a team. And whatever it is, we will get through it together. And, <clears throat> you know, that I think is something that's just super important. Like I learned that from my parents who have been married for 40-ish years at this point and, and his parents as well, that they're, they're just team members. They're, they're taking on life together not individually mm -hmm. and that's one of the benefits i think of having somebody whether you're married or not having somebody to to go through and get through life together and um you know there's not a lot of i think there's not a lot of um importance placed on emotional maturity these mm -hmm. days um and i think that that's something that's super super important um that you guys need to be kind of on similar in the way that you can interpret the world that is happening around you even if you have different perspectives and different you know different ways that you intake your surroundings i think that you need to be able to discuss it and talk yeah. about it and and be able to get through it together okay mm -hmm. all right to our <coughs> our our experts well i thought martin put it very well i mm. think that's that is a, a huge part of successful relationships and marriages is, you know, just uh, working things through intelligently, carefully, conscientiously, and then knowing when to let go. And letting go of positions is a huge thing. Um, and that was something I learned. It was some, not wasn't something I necessarily knew yeah. from get-go, but right. uh, over time, uh, I was sort of, sort of practicing. When I hear something coming out of Rose that I don't agree with, I will restate it as if it was my position. Mm. Hmm. And it's an interesting. It, it's a, you get an interesting reaction. Yeah. Because you're suddenly um, not looked upon as the enemy or the object that you or the yeah. yeah, and when you say it as if it is your position, even if you're thinking, "Is that my position?" <laughs> uh, it suddenly takes on a new meaning, and you suddenly think. Could I support that? And then you start running through the reasons why, yeah, I could support that. I see that now, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. So it works for me. Um, and, and uh, you know, we have all sorts of uh, varying ideas about how things should go and stuff like that. But ultimately, the other thing is you, you discover that there are very few disagreements that really matter that much. Mm -hmm. the, the, the bottom line, it 
Agreed. You could go either way, and it will, the world isn't going to stop spinning. I think that's an appropriate sort of wind down. Although I feel like I could talk to you guys forever. Yes, I, I, I I'm going to take more notes. I'm going to end asking you guys to do one thing. But the, there's a theme that I've picked up that I feel like is super important for anyone listening to this and is for me as well. I don't know if you noticed, but both couples knew without any sort of fanfare that they just wanted to be near each other, that they just wanted to spend time together. So there wasn't regardless of all the differences, that was the common sort of sentiment with both couples. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I want to emphasize that because I think we often overlook and complicate um, relationships when we don't remember that, you know, the start and sort of building those four pillars is, you know, I just want to be around this person. Or yeah. even when you don't, to what uh, Bob was saying earlier, like I spent a lot of time by myself. Rose spent a long time by herself. But... We really are drawn to who the other person right. is. Right. And space does not diminish our affection for one another. Right. Um, I'm going to ask you guys, we're going to end, but I want you guys to give me each one word when you think about your relationship. What's the first word that comes to mind? Amen. Oh, I have so many. I know. I you know one. me. Pair I have one. to always mute <laughs> myself down. Um, let's see. Oh, gosh. The best one. I would say comfort. Mm -hmm. Martin? Uh, I, would, I would probably just say consistency. I love that. Bob? Interesting. <laughs> I would say dependable. Oh, wow. Well, these are all... They sound oh. like a Chevy. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Okay. Not the Chevys that I had. <laughs> Guys, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I've learned so much. I do think we need a part two because yes, I want to get a little deep, deeper into to Bob and Rose over there and really what was going on. We'll bring them back. Yeah, they will have sure. us. Um, with that, we're out. Are we going to plug? Anybody have any Insta things they would like to share? You guys, you, as a couple, you have an Instagram. Yes. What it's is mainly it? run by Martin, though. But it's fantastic. Um, but it's called, fashionable uh, couple. The Fashionable Couple. Yeah. And then I have my uh, separate professional one called uh, Hemo Chemo MD. That's right. Fantastic. <laughs> so you can, anything you want to learn about fashion and lovely living yes. at the Fashionable Couple. And then, of course, Amit and, and his wonderful, and we still haven't talked about. And yes. treatments. Bob and, and Ray, anything? Not for me. Okay. No. Talk to their puppy. She's the publicist. <laughs> and on that, we thank everyone. We thank all of you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for coming by today. For your wisdom. This has been one of the most enlightening Bali effects. I'm having all kind of Bali moments I, here too. at the table. So <laughs> we'll catch thank you next you all. time. All right. See bye. Ya. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, follow us on Instagram, the underscore Bali underscore effect. And we'll see you there. Thank you. Bye. Check us out.